1: learn more at marines.com
2: we we each got one of these to to watch my chemical romance and they put us into the phantom zone um it's too much alcohol and it's not particularly tasty
3: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of season four, question marks, all around of the Brews and Bruins podcast, a the hockey podcast network podcast presented by Bruins diehards and pride diehards and sponsored by good old DraftKings. Speaking of pride diehards, we have Oliver here. Oliver, how are you doing? Um, And I guess what what you drink it if you want to hop right into that as
1: well no so uh i'm doing uh, i'm doing pretty good you know been a uh pretty good uh last uh, last few weeks not gonna lie so you know uh, hanging in there except drew absolutely murdering me in fantasy but uh <laughs> other than that doing okay uh i'm once again bringing in the uh disc and bondy uh it's a cider and uh, they come in pints which is phenomenal i gotta go with pride numbers this time around though so i'd give it a perfect 14 on the uh on the uh uh taste and uh you know i think that we're uh we're gonna give it a 47 on the uh on the drinkability scale you like it you miss it when it's gone uh and it definitely does pass the drew test if i were to uh pour this into a glass i could see you uh, crystal clear awesome
0: beautiful i think that's love, one of I, the few it. times that all the ratings have been properly done on this podcast by a guest especially without being shown first so well done oliver
1: i screwed it up the first three times yeah, five, fourth time's the charm
0: <laughs>
1: that's a You've been rehearsing all most, day yeah <laughs> I in the back of my head yeah absolutely
2: <laughs> um next up chris you have a straw yeah, I have a very exciting drink. By the way, first of all, congratulations to uh, Oliver on your engagement. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> um,
1: thank,
2: you, thank you. Second of all, a very exciting drink to, uh, to share here. Um, this is a Beatbox Juicy Mango, uh, 11.1%, and it is frozen. Um, this was acquired from the When We Were Young Music Festival like almost two weeks ago and uh in order to keep it preserved uh, it's been in the freezer um oh boy uh tasteability i'm going to give it a number 9 for ally thunstrom something new and exciting um oh boy drinkability uh we're going to give it a 0 um this this should not be consumed by anyone. You should never drink Ooh. this. Uh, it is <laughs> parental advisory. It is labeled as the world's tastiest party punch. And oh, boy, uh, Kat and I were drinking. Uh, we, we each got one of these to, to watch My Chemical Romance. And they put us into the phantom zone. Um, it's t- too much
0: alcohol <laughs> and it's not particularly tasty. They said the world's tastiest. They didn't say the world's best tastiest. It's just tasty, and it just tastes so much like alcohol, even in like the ice cube form. He's, he's no, I think it's even
2: worse in ice cube form because (laughs) the thing that thaws first is the alcohol,
0: and then the rest of it's just kind of suspended water. I was like We don't get uh, straw noises very much on this show, so the, the straw. That was, tough. was Good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, unless they come out and sponsor us, don't buy beatbox. <laughs> you have a little bit of the orange oh, residue boy. on his lips and everything too. This is that was great. We should clip that one. Chris just absolutely housing beatbox <laughs> <laughs> during the just to kill it, so he didn't have to drink it. He cleared his head in time for the rest of the episode. That was nice. Uh, I am drinking a Lion Hugel's Oktoberfest. Uh, I reviewed this on Twitter the other day, but I don't really remember it, so it's going to be different. Um, but I'll I'll rock the the Gillian Dempsey scale as, as well here out of fourteen. I'll change things up a little bit. Uh, drinkability, first of all, I don't know. I mean, it depends on whether you like like German Marzen beers. You know, it's uh, it's got that kind of amber flavor to it as well as as the site. I don't know if amber is a flavor, but it, it makes sense when I'm looking at it and I describe what I'm what I'm tasting, but um, a little heavier but still kind of crispy at the same time. Notes of, I don't know, makes me just think of fall, which makes sense with the Oktoberfest. Uh, I'm going to go drinkability, probably about a 6 out of 14, and tasteability is going to be about a 10. You can definitely taste that. Um, I, I don't think it's anything like blow your mind away. It's not quite the Punch box or whatever the fuck that was, but um you know. It's an Oktoberfest beer. You kinda know you're getting well done, minus Eagles. Oh and uh, I don't October think it pa- oh, Maybe it will November. pass the Drew test. This is close. This is really close. I also have a very curved glass. I'm gonna go if it that passes the Drew test. I think it does just barely. We need
3: we need an audio clip for when something passes the Drew test. We need a... oh, don't we have
0: one already? Yeah, don't oh, we have yeah, the yeah.
3: Isabel one? Well, has it been clipped and put into this? No. <laughs> <Is that high laughs> do not okay, have. I'll go back and figure that out. Maybe. Um, otherwise, we'll just have Izzy come up with another one. I myself have a Red Bridge, uh, gluten-free sorghum beer. Sorghum, S-O-R-G-H-U-M. If you want to know more about that. It's a genus of about 25 species of flowering plants in the grass family. <laughs> uh some of these species are grown as cereals for human consumption and some in pastures for animals. Um, and so I guess beer, gluten-free beer as well, it is used for um, Dr. your
2: your near encyclopedic knowledge of of things like Wild sorghum flowers. and druids, like it's just uncanny.
3: Yeah, it's I mean, almost it's like I'm reading. <laughs> As you can you see also, here, uh, reading you saying <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, reading, yeah, exactly. That's great, Cam. But um, so th- I'm trying to show that this is from anheuser Bush. I definitely butchered the first part, yeah, I know this company, they make uh, Anheuser Bush. What was that yes, attempt you. that you just that was <laughs> that worse than,
0: than Jerry? Wow, that was
3: maybe that's, that's the episode title. We'll have to. Sp- i don't know how i'm gonna spell that anyway they make it they make it they make it um yeah so this is like do they make it well this is the see this is like like i want to say all reliable gluten-free beer just because you can find it kind of pretty much everywhere um there's not a lot of like gluten-free beers that are like on the national scale it doesn't seem so this is like you see it okay i know what i'm gonna i'm gonna get with this um because gluten-free beers are hard to do um and this is like okay like it's it's definitely not my favorite usually i like it as like my like third or fourth beer of the night already get a little a little tipsy before i i start doing this because they're a little they're a little hard to drink but so drinkability a little hard to drink uh gonna have to go in at a five just compared to a regular beer uh tasteability uh through the roof um you can really taste that the non-gluten I guess you could say uh
0: 37. Uh Chris just took a sip of of his uh his punch box. And there was some weird glare on the camera that kind of made it look like one of those infrared memes where it's like everything it just goes batshit crazy. And like as soon as you drink it, it just hit that, and it felt like it was accurate to what you were experiencing. Yeah, just a, a super overbaked meme, pretty much. It's it's very
2: unpleasant. I'm um, gonna <laughs> I mean, continue drinking it though.
0: That uh, should go on the on the box. That they I have. will say
2: the the blue raspberry one that I had at the festival was
0: much better than this. Does it claim to like what? type of of liquor is in there or do they not uh, even bother like they're just like don't don't ask yeah it,
2: it's uh <laughs> it contains alcohol 10 <laughs> percent. you know
3: it just tastes great oh great uh, love i love the disclaimer
2: i think my favorite thing that it says on here is that well one it's it's gluten-free drew so uh you know put it on oh, your oh, list of things <laughs> yeah. that you should probably stay away from and the thing that says even bigger underneath gluten free is glass free,
0: <laughs> no glass. <even> <laughs> Which,
2: Great. like, I understand it's it comes uh, in like a a cardboard pouch, well, that, but that's really but good to hear. Like, to I'm, me, that insinuates that there are no glass shards. In yeah, I was gonna say the, yeah. like, that's like
0: that's got me thinking. Like, at first sip, I'm definitely like making sure there's no. Glass you, i'm in, glass like,
2: intolerant so that's good to hear that's like what that's like when a fast food are. restaurant advertises like their chicken nuggets are made of real
0: chicken yeah it's like what like, about oh, what, was, what was in it before <laughs> yeah uh anyway I'll... good to see you <laughs> yeah all right well that's been this episode <laughs> um, <laughs> so, let's, this is let's, gonna let's... be uh the episode of cry diehards <laughs>
3: Let's, let's hop. In, let's hop into some of the good stuff here. Uh, we're going to be talking Boston Pride. Um, so, Oliver, I have some questions for you. As I, it, it, I, I'm not fully caught up with what's happened this off and what. It, it, so, my first, my first question is like, it, do you <laughs> have any, do you have any sort of like prediction or or like a realistic expectation for the Pride this season? Because obviously, the goal is always to uh, to win the cup. It's it's always to go all the way, but hockey is weird, as Chris Gear says, and you can't just bank on that. You, there's what what do you think makes for like a successful season if you look back?
1: Well, what's going to make for a successful season this time around is you need a far better regular season than you had last year. Not that I'm complaining about winning an Isabel Cup, but I mean, at points it. It was ugly. Uh, You know, it was a lot of overtime losses to Toronto. You couldn't do anything in the regular season against Connecticut. So, you know, and so a realistic expectation right now is second place is a good expectation going into the playoffs because – if you've seen some of Connecticut's preseason games, they're blowing out teams 7-1, 8-1, just like casually handing them a goal when it's well passed over, you know. The and Mallory Soliotis you know,
0: effect. You
1: know, cried lost to uh, Harvard. Or I actually don't know the results of the Harvard game, but they lost to Northeastern, you know, who not a bad hockey team, but you're kind of expected to beat the college teams you play. They – Didn't beat Providence College last year. I'm not worried. They lost to Providence College in the preseason last year, won an Isabel Cup. Again, not complaining, but, uh, you know, if you had asked me two weeks ago, I would have said this team is, with this roster that they've built this time around, is primed for first place. No one's going to touch them. And then Connecticut had to have an ungodly preseason. That's just scary. (laughs) So... Uh, I'd be happy pulling in. I don't know how the buys are going to work this time around. No one knows what the playoffs will look like if all seven teams make it. If only four make it, so second place is a good place to sit at. But yeah, we'll find out. <laughs>
0: Alrighty, quick timeout for a message from DraftKings. NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. With bigger payouts than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. My question here is... What so the the
2: roster rollout was was weird, uh, hard to follow at times. Um, who's back and who's not back? Who can we expect and and what can we expect of like the new players that maybe some of us haven't heard of?
1: So as of today, Jillian Jump Dempsey's back. Ooh, uh yeah, big shock. <laughs> he wasn't gonna come back, you know. But uh, you got Dempsey back for an absolute steal. 40000 a year, which, you know, is I think only like a 5000 increase of what she was making last year, you know. So for her to take that deal as arguably the best player in the league, if not one of the best, you know, she could have sat down and said, I want a uh, 100000 and the pride probably should have given it to her if she asked for it. So good on Dempsey for taking this team-friendly deal. Uh, but uh, your captains are back, Dempsey, Brand, uh, and Fratkin, those are the big names that you're really going to recognize coming back. Revisa Salander uh, back in net, uh, you know, and she's a really huge one to sort of be bringing back around. Uh, obviously MVP, well, Isabel Cup MVP Taylor Winskowski is primed for another great season. What she was doing in the preseason was unstoppable at points. You know, uh, Christina Putinia Rocking in as well. Shout out Danny Petunia. He likes the most random tweets out of nowhere, and then goes back into his hermit hole. Uh, <laughs> so uh, shout out uh, to him. And then uh, you know uh, Lauren Kelly, you have coming back, although uh, currently injured. You know, so you have you have a good amount of returnees coming back, not coming back from the Isabel uh, Cup squad. Katie Burke, with everything with Cap, uh, wasn't getting offered something that she felt like she was worth. And just kind of how late her signing was is what sort of uh, what sort of hurt her in that long regard. But she deserves to be paid a lot of money, and if mm-hmm. the Pride aren't going to give it to her, I get her not uh, coming back for that. You know, absolutely worth it. Uh, Teresa Vanesova heads over to Toronto, and that's a big loss for the Pride. She was a massive game changer come the playoffs, putting her in on that power play unit. It was a different pride team the second you got her out there and largely a part of your cup win. So she's one that you're really going to miss. Tori Sullivan also is a player that you're not going to shout and scream and say, oh, she's gone. But you're really going to notice come the late season when you need a type of player like her that's going to put up some assists, that's going to put up some points when uh, your stars can't, you know. And so she's one. And then a really big loss is Mallory Soliotis, your pal, Mal, our pal, Mal, you know, uh, she headed to Connecticut to the whale uh, and now the Pride are down the defender and Mal is the type of player that you'd want. And so it, uh, it hurts to lose her, you know, Boulier went back to uh, Minnesota, back to the white caps, which good for her. But speaking of the white caps, Allie Thunstrom is a massive signing for the pride. I mean, that's one that for two years is an MVP caliber player and the fact that you can put her, McKenna Brand and Jillian Dempsey on a line, her, Christina Poutine and Taylor Renskowski on a line, or her, Sammy Davis and anyone else on a line is absolutely terrifying. So, to say what you will, the Pride are looking to be a team that wants to go undefeated. And especially when it looked like for a brief moment they were going to have, uh, you know, uh, Katie Burt on that. Goaltending tandem as well because Dan Rice reported that she would return. At the time, it looked like she would. Probably looked like the scariest team in hockey, and they still kind of do on paper look like the scariest team in all of hockey. Because um, if you want to talk about some of the newcomers to the team, uh, Elizabeth Giguar, I, I wish I knew how to pronounce it, Elizabeth, I'm sorry, uh, but absolutely a terrifying front. To have and right now she's playing on the Wenskowski line and is just feeding her pucks which perfect uh perfect to have you know perfect to uh want to do uh you know uh uh I'm trying to not butcher <laughs> her, uh last names but new goaltender Schroeder Corny Schroeder is uh is coming out and is going to be the pride's most likely number one Palmarra was putting her out through all three preseason games to make sure that she got her minutes, uh, is absolutely nothing to blink at. Was at Team Canada's uh, roster camp this time around for uh, Women's Worlds. Didn't get that invite to the rivalry series, but, you know, was probably definitely considered. You know, so she's one that you absolutely want to keep an eye on. Uh so, I mean, right now, yeah, Elizabeth Gengar, Lauren Gable, also named to Canada's Rivalry Series. Uh, another massive one to, to have out there. And then uh, Anita, <laughs> the check name is going to be hard. Uh, Tezralova, I think, is it? Uh,
2: ter Sam- Terralova. Ter-
1: <laughs> Terralova. Sam Fryman is going to murder me for that. She looks like she's going to be a great addition defensively. Uh, consistently on the Czech team, you know, uh, was there for Women's Worlds. Will be there for the Euro Tour. Was there for the Olympics. She's going to be a scary one to uh, uh, to have on your blue line, and that's one where you lose bouillet and you say that's not a problem. You know, so a lot of great faces to come in and out of this team.
0: Perry over stepping into number thirty-seven in Boston. They <laughs> choose to fill there. I like it. Yeah. Setting your expectations <laughs> high um a, cu- a couple of players
2: you didn't mention but um i mean with the loss of boulier having uh, kaylee flanagan return like that's that's mm-hmm. got to be pretty big um and then uh, jenna Rowe, uh, a player i've liked for a while who maybe hasn't necessarily gotten the opportunity to flourish um but i've i've liked her game for a while so it'll be interesting to see if she steps up in that absence
1: Kayla Friesen's back. Uh, you know, Flanagan allegedly has the largest contract in uh, PHF history. Uh, she did not disclose her salary. Initially, she wanted around, uh, it was rumored she wanted around 100000 I know uh, that didn't go through. I know they worked it out to a two-year deal, and that's all we know. Uh, but rumor has it she's being paid more than Michaela grand So um, that's an $80,000 contract. So it's going to be really interesting to see.
0: I know uh, it's kind of interesting, like, we were talking about team-friendly deals earlier, and that's, like, something you root so much for on the men's side in the NHL, because it's, you know what I mean, it's just massive amounts of money, and I feel like it takes a totally other level of unselfishness to to be taking team-friendly deals when you're making, you know, a lot more modest salaries like a lot of these players are. And you look at somebody like Dempsey and the leadership that that she's shown throughout her career, and I think – You know, like Oliver said, she probably could have asked for a hundred thousand and gotten it. So the fact that she's taking a a mere fraction of that, I think, is is all you need to know about her as a as a player and a person and and a leader, especially on that team. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. Ah O'Via Coke. I think Oliver <laughs> got in first, though.
0: <laughs> may owe him a- well there's
3: a delay. It was it was on my end, perfect. So <laughs> and my, my Drew's time
0: frame is is reigns supreme. So Oliver, you mentioned uh Connecticut, obviously. Um gonna be the rivalry there and and uh you know as as another Isabel Cup contender, but who else do you see outside of those two uh that might be pushing maybe Boston for you know a top two spot in the league this year?
1: Montreal, absolutely. Uh, expansion team with the Force, which badass name. I hate to admit that it's a good name, but badass name. I don't love the logo as much as uh, a lot of people do, but uh, honestly, just a great name. They rock a pretty cool color scheme. Shout out to the Force. Uh, but they've signed a lot of good players. They've picked up a lot of former uh, Canadians. Uh, you know uh, when. Uh, The uh, CW was out there. They picked up a few uh, PW players, uh, you know, that have sort of hopped over the line, Uh, a few former national team players. So uh, the Force are definitely a team that looks scary and looks primed uh, to win. And then uh, sitting in the other two spots, uh, you know, that could be great and could uh, really give you a run for the money, or Toronto and Metropolitan. Uh, you know, in that game in Connecticut uh, or in Connecticut on Cape Cod. So I guess the Pride played four preseason games. But in the game on Cape Cod, you know, Metro looked good. Metro beat the Pride, you know, and they're a team that I think everyone consistently sleeps on. Granted, they're playing in a mall, which, okay. <laughs> Could be cool. I Sure. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they've got – they improved their team drastically from last year as well. They're not going to be a team that's going to sit – at the five slot, they're going to want three, the three slot. They're going to want the two slot and they're really going to be able to compete with Toronto. They're really going to be able to compete with Boston. So they're one that you hope also puts a few uh, knocks on Connecticut as well. And I think those are really going to be your top teams right there. I know it's strange to say five teams in a seven team week, but you know, I'd say if you're looking at it right now, uh, Connecticut, Boston, Montreal, Toronto, Metro, uh Buffalo, Minnesota is my is my prediction for how the season standings end up. Buffalo, Minnesota can go either way. They're both great teams, and those teams can also accelerate as well. Buffalo, I always said, was one piece away from uh from being a, a cup contender, and then they signed Michaela Grant Mantis. So who, who knows?
2: I um, go ahead, Drew.
3: Uh, I was just going to say, like, you know, mentioning these teams, looking at the pride schedule, you got the whale to start things off, the Connecticut whale. And then you got um, in the middle of the season, Montreal, you like, almost, there's one weekend in between in, in between their two series. Um, so it's going to be interesting to, to see what happens there. And then you got Toronto again to finish out the season. Um which could, I think that it seems like it's kind of a tough schedule um, in terms of how it stacks up. Uh, you know, start and in the middle, you have a big uh, foe there in Montreal. Um, how do you think the schedule stacks up? Uh, and do you see that being obviously any team can beat any team, any team can lose to any team in hockey. Um, but but how do you think this schedule fares for the Pride? Because just from glancing at it, based on the teams you said, it seems like it could be a little bit of a tough one.
1: No, it absolutely can. You know, I did a write up last year, and I uh, intended on, and may still do uh, before uh, before Friday, get a write up out about uh, games to watch this season. You know, and you start with Connecticut, which is a fast way to play a tough game and if you lose that game you know you it's a it's a game you can't lose it's a game you can't win it's hockey and it's the opener you have the mental advantage of playing both at home and putting a banner up you know at the same time that can really piss connecticut off uh and so it's weird because then connecticut falls in one-offs during the season and if you want to talk about trap games that also forces metro to fall into one-offs during the season as well so with both of them as one-off games you could really consider those both as trap games because you can't build this momentum and sort of start to get towards it. But I really think that the schedule is how it is what it is, but ending with Toronto is kind of a bummer. Montreal, late, middle to late in the season sucks. I wish we see them sooner. You know, you want to see them sooner. You want that rivalry to get going and get kicking and, and the games in Vermont were obviously enough to get that rivalry started a few weeks back. But, uh, yeah, it's not an easy schedule. And I think especially with his goaltending tandem, you really have to think about that. Uh, Palmar is known for playing goalies two days in a row for just going uh, Katie Burt, Katie Burt, Katie Burt, slander, Katie Burt, Katie Burt, Katie Burt, Katie, Burt, Katie Burt till and riding it to the end, you know. And I, I hope he doesn't do that. He's got two great goaltenders in net, and you're going to have to see to rotate off uh, Schroeder and, uh, uh, Schroeder and, uh, Solander to get through your season because you're gonna be in a lot of tough spots. The travel really isn't good for the pride either this time around. So that'll be one to sort of see.
0: Yeah. I feel like Solander didn't get as much ice time last year as I would have liked being a, being a Solander stand, but, um, also you mentioned the late Montreal matchups I do wish we saw them earlier but alternatively catching them two weekends out of the last four or five leading into the playoffs could lead to some drama as well so uh, keep our fingers crossed there that that those teams are kind of in the heat of a, a late playoff push battle and you know oh, Chippy hockey to- That's
3: what you want from Boston and Montreal okay.
1: yeah. yeah and look the, the last games of the season in Toronto on the road last year, Absolute bloodbath. I mean, from the second period to the end of that first game in Toronto, it you were expecting fights to break out, and it just went off the deep end, went off the rails, and the fact that that game ended without a fight is insane. So now put the blood of Montreal versus uh, Boston into it, and its it's tough. Also, <laughs> some dude absolutely – decimated me on Twitter. So when we played uh, Montreal in, uh, (laughs) we played Montreal in the preseason, we tweeted out, uh, it's a good day to hate people who speak French, you know, very Bostonian thing to tweet. And some guy just like went off on us in the replies. It was like, it's never good to hate people who speak French. This was a poor joke. And I was like, (laughs) maybe like I felt kind of bad at the end because I was like, (laughs) Um, sorry, my man.
2: <laughs> yeah, shots at Haitian people. What the hell, man?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My my bad, too. Uh, not just the people of Haiti, but, you know, uh, a lot of South Africa, Senegal, you know. Nice, <laughs> <might be. laughs>
2: um, I got a jet soon, but the one thing I wanted to get out there before I left was, um, shouts to Taylor Winskowski for making my hot take of the year seem way less hot but um last year it kind of felt like everyone uh, obviously she scored the uh the game winning goal in the Isabel Cup final um and afterwards everyone was kind of like all right uh th- this is n- this next year is gonna be her breakout year and then she came out and had a had a real good season um and then my hot take was gonna be okay yeah but like I think she's going to turn it up even further uh, and then she goes out in the preseason and just uh, rips it up and everyone's going to be thinking the same thing. So uh, that was going to be my hot take. Now it's my lukewarm take.
1: It's it's not a shame because Taylor Winskowski uh, can, I put money will have an MVP caliber season. And because she was nominated last year, can't be nominated again this year. So, like, she's going to put up MVP numbers and not be allowed to get recognized for it. And it's a rule that they need to undo because.
2: Yeah, it's a pretty wild rule.
1: Because she's about to tear it up this season and commit absolute murder on the ice. So be prepared for it.
0: All right. I think we're pretty much wrapping up anyway, but. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right yes yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us oliver i gotta go uh
0: meet up with the fam for some sushi oh thanks
1: Enjoy. for that
0: yeah. yeah we'll uh circle back to uh to you in a couple weeks here once we have some actual hockey to uh or some actual regular season hockey to talk
1: yeah about no actually. again just just to note obviously season opener is this saturday you should be watching the bruins on espn plus right now or maybe you shouldn't. It's not looking great. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but if you're watching them, you, you've got your subscription already. Watch Saturday at 7, uh, Sunday at 2. It's great hockey. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. are at home, Isabel Cup final rematch on Saturday versus Connecticut. A really fun game on Sunday against Metropolitan. It's the first time in a long time uh, the PHF has split up uh, two games over a weekend. I think since at least season four, maybe season five. It's one of the first times they've split it up. I love when they do that. It's a whole lot of fun. Uh, So check it out. Uh, We've got tonight in the PHF coming post game, definitely on Sunday after the two o'clock games uh, over on twitch.tv slash Brad diehards. But there also might be one on Saturday and Saturday might be the only show check our Twitter at pride diehards. We're still working it out with the pride on when they're going to allow us to hopefully do it from warrior.
0: Uh, on Saturday or Sunday. So keep right, watching. Sick. Yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you, Well uh, We'll be retweeting your stuff. So if you follow us on Twitter, you'll see uh, all of Oliver's stuff, and you'll be able to follow there as well. So check us out. always
1: pick us as the 31st most handsome coach as your fantasy team.
0: Yes. <laughs> <the 31st. laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. All right, Oliver, thanks. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah,
1: of course, guys. Thank you.